Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast, where we cover all things experience. I'm one of your co-hosts, Adele Sage, joined, as always, by my co-host, Angelina Jenis. Hi, Angelina. Hi, Adele. We are joined today by Archie Day from Scan Health Plan. He's the Director of Consumer Experience and Insights. And we're excited to hear from Archie about all of the cool work that he's been doing over at Scan. So, Archie, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Adele and Angelina. Really excited to be part of this. Really excited to share some of the great work Scan is just doing in the community and in the industry at all. So, yeah, super excited. So, Archie, tell us about Scan Health Plan, because I'm assuming that not every one of our listeners is necessarily familiar. So what, what do you guys do? Awesome. Thank you so much for asking that question. So, Scan, we are one of the nation's largest not-for-profit Medicare Advantage health plan. So we are in Long Beach, California. We were founded in 1977 as Senior Care Action Network, and that's Scan. Our mission is keeping seniors healthy and independent, which has being the consistent mission and everybody lives and breathes that mission. And I feel like that mission stands the test of time. And we have kept that mission and we have never changed that mission. And then I feel like that mission is all the more relevant with the current situation, understanding around 10,000 Americans turn 65 every day. And so with the silver tsunami, I feel that that mission just makes us much more impactful and much more relevant in our community today. The silver tsunami. Can you elaborate on uh, exactly what you mean by that? If you think about our current industry and, and the market in general, around 10,000 Americans are turning 65 every day. By like 2050, like one in four Americans will be an older adult. And so with this current, what I call the silver tsunami, with all these members and all these population turning into older adults, there is more and more the greater need of making sure we are able to serve these older adult population, their needs, and making sure that they are able to grow older at their place, which leads to the concept of being healthy and independent. I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that your employees are not 65 plus generally. So what are some of the things that you do to help them build empathy when they're presumably much younger than the members you serve? We have a group of people who we call the senior advocates who are actually our members as well as employees. So it's a great way to have them sit within the organization where they not only help us connect with the members at their level because they are in their life stage, but also kind of help run a lot of clinical programs like peer-to-peer program, which I'm going to talk a little bit later about. So, so we do have several employees who are older adults and kind of helps us. But going back to your kind of original question, like how do we build empathy? So we think in a few different ways, and we think it is very important for us to build that empathy, especially considering the population we serve. So as part of our new member onboarding training, one of the must-have trainings we do at SCAN is called the Trading Ages Training. And so Trading Ages Training was actually built 10 years back. And it's an interactive senior sensitivity workshop to really help the new employees to understand the challenges of aging. And here the employees, they experience several age-related conditions such as hearing loss, vision changes, loss of dexterity, 
And the real goal is to build that empathy with the physical, social, and the emotional aspects of aging. So this is where really the employees have glasses on them through which they have blurred vision. And so they can relate to the point, how does it feel when you're an older adult, you go to a doctor's office and you're asked to fill up a form for your appointment, which is in eight to 10 point fonts. How does it feel when you have loss of dexterity and you have to take several steps to go and visit your doctor's office or you travel far to see your specialist? How does it feel when you have a little bit hearing loss and you are actually on a phone call with a customer service agent or even with somebody at your doctor's office and they are trying to explain your care plan and they're trying to figure out what are they saying? And so it helps the employees really go through those age-related conditions and really understand, okay, when they are saying two times that, hey, I I couldn't understand you, can you repeat those two things for me? They can understand, yes, I, I understand why they are saying to repeat two times. But again, one of the things which we try to understand and think about is that that not every older adult is sane and not every older adult has the same needs. And so, yes, there are certain older adults who are at higher risk and have more age-related conditions. And then there are a lot of older adults who do not have those conditions and they are living their life and doing a lot of great things. And so part of it is just understanding is that not everybody's the same, everybody's needs and wants are different. And, And the real essence is to really understand who the person is, what's their background, what's their story is, to make sure that the service we deliver is aligned to that story. Archie, this is really resonating with me because I used to do research at the MIT Age Lab and we would put on full empathy suits and try to open packages. And we would love when companies wanted to do these kinds of activities with us because it's not even just the frontline employees, right? It's also leadership that can learn so much from that experience. Did you get any reactions from employees that you remember, any aha moment that showed that this was working as a program? Everybody who comes out of this training uh, comes out with, oh my God, that was the best life-changing per se training they had. And so some of the comments was like, we need to understand we can't always see people's losses. And that means treating everybody with dignity and respect they deserve. Some of the comments were like, hey, it opened my eyes to some of the challenges down the road, both as a caregiver and as an aging person myself. Like actually reflecting upon that question, I'm thinking about my time when I went through the trading ages training. And the first thing I thought about, well, there were two things I thought about. One, I thought about my elderly mother and kind of started relating to those, some of those comments and the things she says to me. And then the second thing I, I could relate is like, okay, Who do I see as an older adult when I get older? Another interesting thing which we do, Angelina, is we want to spread the love outside of SCAN in the community. We we strongly believe that we need to work in the community to actually reach out and, and help the older adults and population. And so one of the things which we do is we do this Trading Ages uh, program with uh, community organization. So we have done it with firefighters. We have done it with the police department. And that's very important because it's just not us. There is a lot of other community organizations in the community who are serving the older adults. And it's very important 
for us to talk about what does it feel like trading ages with this community organization so that they can serve the older adults better too. So, so we kind of focus on not only building our employee empathy, but also building that empathy in the community. I'm thinking empathy is awesome. And it's so important to infuse empathy in everything we do. But then we also need to know what we're acting upon, what the problems are. How are you working on identifying those unmet needs that are specific to such a complex demographics? The simple thing which we do is we ask. And we ask a, a lot of different people. You might think, well, how we ask and what's our structure around it. One of the things which we have done at SCAN really well is we call it listening post. But what we have done is we have several avenues of listening to our members to gather the voice of the member. And a lot of the places is the SCAN listens program where we have an online platform to get feedback from the members. Then we have several surveys, some of which are part of the CMS surveys, some are part of the internal surveys we roll out. But in addition to that, we have several councils. As I mentioned, the Senior Advocate Council, we have the Community Advisory, we have the Member Advisory. So those are kind of the main listening posts. But the main area or one of the main areas what we do is we use scan listens to capture a lot of the data, which could be a quick feedback on how should we think about advanced care planning, or it could be quick feedback on what are their communication preference and how should scan think about helping members with their communication preference. Or it could be something around supplemental benefits and, and how does scan think about communicating about supplemental benefits. And I think it's very important that we not only ask our members, but really ask the people around the members. So what I call the ecosystem of people who are helping the members. At an older adult, what we have seen is actually a huge ecosystem of support around the older adults. And so it was very important for us is as we think about what to solve for and the pain points to solve for, it was very important for us to ask the older adults, as well as it was very important for us to ask the caregivers who are taking care of the older adults day to day. It's very asked to talk to some of their friends who are friends with the older adults. It's very important to talk to the PCPs and the social workers and the specialists who work with the older adults. And so it was very, very important for us to kind of get a holistic view of their life understand the context of health and care in their life in addition to just their perspective on their health because believe it or not they don't get up in the morning and ask themselves well what i'm going to do for my health today so so that's the perspective we always took is that we always wanted to get a surrounding effect and, and a holistic effect of understanding them and how they fit in their life and how their needs fit in the context of their life I think that's really important, not just with this specific population who are your members, but I think that's a great lesson for all of our listeners, that even when you think your intended audience is straightforward, that you really have to think about the context. And sometimes that context is the other people in their lives. So that's super interesting. Yeah, definitely. For example, one of the members, we met them in, and, and he lives in a trailer in one of the remote areas in the Inland Empire. And we asked him if he wanted to come someplace else to visit him. And he was like, nope, you're coming to where I live. 
and we met this member and and he kind of told us amazing stories of what happens in the trailer but he basically said that he, he gets every service met in the trailer and his kind of line which i still remember is i'm going to live and die in this trailer and and that was his place and everything in the context of care is care in the context of a trailer uh and so that was my big eye opening moment uh, i also remember a member who wanted to meet in a cafeteria right next to a gym because that's what defines her that's what defines her context in life and she wants to be part of that another member i remember from san francisco she used to be in the corporate world uh, now she's retired she retired a little bit early but she retired to start her own venture and she was running a full thriving business uh she was on the go and for her to like take out even half an hour time to speak to us was awesome even just in those stories there's such an interesting range of experiences everything from the person who is living and dying in their trailer to the you know second career new business thriving business as you know somebody who's technically a senior fascinating so that is exactly the great point and that is one of the things we we talk about a lot and we publish about a lot is that not every older adult is the same everybody is coming from different backgrounds everybody has like such an amazing rich background and they're all contributing back to the society and and one of the things which we have seen is that most of the older adults are engaged in some sort of volunteering activities and and that's amazing because they want to give back to their population and to the overall at large so yeah that is that is so true that everybody is very uniquely different some people like in terms of needs in terms of unmet needs in terms of health conditions is just not one group as older adults as i say is just a plethora of different nuances of needs and wants and where they are in their life and that is the most important key takeaway as we think about the older adult population that's great So you've collected all these insights. You understand your customers really well. What are some of the things that you've designed as far as experiences go to meet their needs? So when we think about uh, like design and just experience design in general, so the we follow the human centered approach of really building design. So we take the process of really understanding what's the problem statement we want to solve for and then we go through a process which we typically use a qualitative and a quantitative process together to really kind of frame the problem and the insights and then we go through an experience design process to frame a solution for those insights one of the problem statements which we were trying to solve is how might we serve the higher risk higher needs older adult population through meaningful benefits and non-medical services. So that was the big opportunity statement we started with. And then we kind of went through a mix of design methods which included ethnographic research. We mapped the care team kind of the ecosystem I was talking about. We talked about emotions, so we drew out emotions as and what emotions which each ecosystem members brought in them. And then we also did some sort of participatory design where we actually drew out some concepts of potential solutions. to the problem statement to get their feedback what resonates what didn't resonate as part of that exercise several major insights came through it one of the simple insight was like orchestration and the simple insight came from this story uh, and i still remember this member story his name was jim and jim just had a surgery 
when we went to meet Jim, Jim and his wife was uh, at the table. And Jim said, well, I just had my surgery, uh, heart surgery. And he went to his uh, primary care doctor for a visit. And uh, the primary care doctor was like, well, these are all the great things you're doing. You're doing great. These are all the great things you need to be doing. And Jim's like, hey, I, I want to dance. And, and, and the primary care doctor looks at Jim and said, well, uh, you should be okay to dance. That's totally fine. That should be okay. Now, the, the, the nuance of this entire story, what Jim said to us was that when he meant dance, he meant like ballroom dance. He meant a little bit more vigorous activity of dance and his sweep a lady off her feet. Yeah, exactly. Right? And his wife was the dance partner, right? So, so it was their way of emotionally bonding as a husband and wife. And Jim's point was, well, I wanted to do that dance, but the doctor didn't understand the concept of the dance. And so that was how the story of orchestration and uh, the my story concepts really emanated around, uh, which was how do I explain to my doctor or to my overall care ecosystem that when I say dance, what does it really mean? One of my favorite quotes was, uh, he said, the problem is that I am a heart to this doctor uh, and a lung to that doctor. I sometimes feel it just falls on to me to explain who I am. And then that was just so powerful. How do we orchestrate better in the context of the person's life? Uh, and so that was kind of one of the key insights. Another great story was around the discharge. Many of us had, for unforeseen circumstances, we might have had an emergency room visit. And one of the big nuances was uh, understanding the discharge concept. One of the feedback we heard was, well, members receive too much info at the discharge. We are in the hospital. We are ready to discharge. We are just worried about getting better. But at the same time, all the things come together, which is the discharge papers, there is, you're talking to 10 different people who seems like they're talking the same thing, but in different languages and different nuances. And they're providing you so much information when all you're thinking is, I need to feel better, I need to go home. And so one of the nuances which we wanted to feel was, or the insight was, okay, how do we enable the discharge process from the hospital to the home and connect that whole piece together so that for a member, it's just like, hey, I'm moving from hospital to home and I need to make sure everything doesn't, nothing falls to the crap. No ball gets dropped. But I don't want to be worried about the ball dropping. I just want to make sure everything is in place. And so we kind of build this insight around the discharge and then we build some programs around where we fed all these insights into designing the program. I like the focus on these types of journeys because it's easy to see how it not only improves outcomes for the patient, quality of life, but you also gain efficiencies because when we don't understand our care plan, then it becomes more costly later on to care for us. So it's one of those everybody wins kind of situations to just clarify information and get everyone on the same page. Yeah, definitely. So there's kind of two programs which we built within SCAN. One was like member to member program. And this is a peer intervention program where it connected the point, which is that we need to kind of really understand the member in the context of their lives. And so this member to member program was really developed around how do we build empathy with the member so that they can talk about some of the challenges with somebody who is at the same age group level uh, and also can relate to the challenges, right? So one of the big challenges we talk about is urinary continence. 
who wants to kind of get on the call and talk about doing any continents? I, I believe no one. And this is one of the nuances of uh, this program is, is what it does is it, it works on building relationships. And so, for example, it works on building relationships, which is like, hey, if I know you and I can relate to you, I may talk about you in incontinence. I may not talk about it. And that's okay if I don't talk about it because that's your personal preference. But the point is that we build that relationship and empathy so that people can start talking about the opportunities and the challenges they have so that we can help them. And that is really the whole concept of the peer-to-peer program, which is talk about not only super tough challenges like urinary incontinence, but also talk about some of the challenges which we face in our daily lives, like chronic pain, walking, falling issues. And those are some of the things this member-to-member program through a peer connection trust talk about. Hey, have you walked today? How are you doing, Mr. Smith, today? How are you feeling today? And those are very simple things which we use to build a connection and then talk about some of the challenges they face. And then we kind of connect them back to the care delivery system to make sure it aligns with some of the challenges they're facing. And we are seeing great results from that program. And, and we use the senior advocates I was talking about early in the, in the session who are helping us with the program. So it has been very successful. And, and we are actually looking to expand that program to something called a togetherness program, which is more intended towards older adults who are staying by themselves or having symptoms of loneliness. And so that's how we're thinking of the current program. And then we're kind of expanding that program. And I can imagine that in the context of the global pandemic that we're still in, that that sort of peer-to-peer connection is really powerful when we have older adults living alone, especially, who don't necessarily have as much social connection as they might have at one point. Yeah. With the pandemic, those challenges have got a lot more worse. I know as part of our mental health benefit, we get a lot of calls around like mental health. So it sounds like this listening program is the gift that keeps on giving. Any design projects that have come out of listening that folks might be interested in hearing about? There's another program which we have built, which is uh, also like phenomenal, which kind of connected that concept around orchestration I was talking about which was like, how do you coordinate all the different aspects of care, which could be pharmacy, which could be test, which could be specialist, which could be the social worker. So a lot of those insights actually fed into this program, what we call connecting provider to home. And the program is basically what it does. It connects a social worker and a community health worker to the medical provider team and helps support the members in their homes and at their provider office visits. So this is very unique because it solves that orchestration challenge, which is it kind of translates that plan of care or the care plan into daily workable activities, which includes like social determinants of health. Then that care team that connecting provider to home provides that insight to the medical care team by being the eyes and the ears of the provider. So that has been really met with like great success just because it's a win-win for everybody, right? You obviously have a lot of experience on the collecting insight side and the experience design side. What advice would you give other CX professionals who are in the same kind of role as you looking at or, or are trying to get into one or the other of those things? Any sort of like great pieces of advice that you would give people who are trying to do this work? 
don't assume mm-hmm. that's the biggest advice uh, i can give because i kind of went through it and then let me tell you a story around it there was this member i was visiting in sonoma uh, in northern california so i i met this member she had a beautiful home she kind of invited us to her home she even gave us tea some herbal tea as she grows in her backyard and we wanted to kind of talk to her as well as her caregiver so she brought in her daughter as a caregiver and so we talk about and start talking about the member and the caregiver needs believe it or not 20 minutes down the interview session what i basically realized it was not the daughter who was taking care of the mother it was actually the mother who was taking care of the daughter and that was like aha for me because i went in assuming that's how it was and so one of my biggest things is never assume just because somebody is 70 don't assume anything just because somebody is 91 don't assume anything just because somebody is a specific color don't assume anything and so that is one of my grounding principles is just don't assume and the easiest way is just ask and people will tell you their story people will tell you what are some of the challenges they're going through people will tell you their context and you have to when you design you have to think about what i call the 80 20 rule and really think about design in that 80 20 rule to kind of take taking sure you taken those feedback and the insights and feed into the design and the other thing which i think about as i think about my entire discussion today is that it's not only important to solve the needs of the members from an organization perspective it's very important to engage the employees as part of it because it gives meaning to what they do and it's also important that to understand that we cannot do it alone we need to work in the community organizations and use the people of masses even older adults to help each other out and that is the only way we can really help the older adult population at large because the population is growing and we just cannot do it all within our organization and we have to go bigger and engage everybody and that's how i think about serving the older adults is just how can we build on the on the mass kind of concept of building empathy and helping each other out such great advice archie so archie thank you so much for joining us it's really been a pleasure and these have been some super interesting stories so thank you for sharing well awesome i'm i'm glad to have this opportunity to share the work which my team does and scan does and again uh, as we say keeping seniors healthy and independent so one of my key takeaways is if you hear this try to at least make one senior stay healthy and independent and and then my job is done everybody go call your mom how about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you archie director of consumer experience and insights at scan health plan as always this is the cx cast Thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon.